Welcome to another episode of Barnes University Radio, and this is kind of a subset of the new um, series that I'm doing, Assembling Titans, where each week we just try to mix it up. We just we try to either scout the opponent. Uh, we're going to be looking at, you know, prospecting players coming out in the 2020 draft um, next April and May, and we're just, you know, we're just trying to, you know, get better, surround ourselves with you know, great um, aspiring evaluators around the USA. And we're just going to be sharing some of our our ideas and some of our evaluations. And, you know, hopefully something can grow from it. And this week, uh, the Tennessee Titans play their first regular season um, uh, football game. It's going to be in Cleveland um, against the Browns, obviously. Um and just some of my observations that I want to put on wax just for me to me to return to. Um, and, you know, thanks for the listeners, for those that do listen and tune in. This is really just kind of therapeutic for me and, and being able to to put my thoughts, as we like to call it in my community on wax. But recording um, thoughts. Um, first of all, I want to start off with. I guess that offense that they have that obviously they've acquired Odell Beckham Jr., um, Jarvis Landry, Antonio Callaway, which will not be participating in this game. Um, They just acquired Taewon Taylor from us, the Tennessee Titans. Um, David Njoku at the tight end position. Demetrius Harris coming from KC. Um, They got another uh, very athletic Tight end, uh, Ricky Seals-Jones from the Cardinals. The offensive line um, has some weaknesses. I think that's probably their uh, the weakest link on that team overall, to be completely honest. They have a few holes in the secondary, as I'll get to. But, um, you know, the running back position is stout. Nick Chubb, uh, Kareem Hunt will not be playing for the first few games, or several games, I should say. But they got Nick Chubb and... Uh, uh, to me, you know, I think this is a team that as as scary as they can be or look on paper and even in the passing game, I think one of their strengths is that running game, to be completely honest. I know that I just said their offensive line is iffy, but, it, you know, really when you talk about the run game, part of it is obviously the line. A lot of it is the running back. Nick Chubb is a player that, you know, most people know of him in college, you know, and that uh, uh, injury that he had that was pretty graphic. And but he's rebounded from that, you know, full fledged. He is a to me, he is one of the best young running backs in the league. Um, nothing is too electrifying about him. But the guy is just a a workhorse, um, a very patient and patient runner. He he plays behind his pads. Um, he's a very, he's, he's the type of guy that you, you can give him 25, 30 carries and he's just as good in the first quarter in the fourth quarter as he is in the first. And that's the type of player that, you know, that makes for, um, a long game. And you pair that with the type of quarterback that Baker Mayfield is, um, can throw several in several different launch points has that competitive edge and fire that you want in your uh, signal caller and leader um you know it's just a when you look at that offense 
you just see a lot of ways that they can attack opponents. And that's really it. You know, you talk about the Tennessee Titans defense being, you know, multiple. You know, that's what they are. I think that if the, if there was any offense other than the Patriots, um, I think the Browns are probably one of the more multiple offenses. Now, the signal caller may not see it that way. The coaching staff may not, you know, game plan in that fashion. But I truly believe that the Browns can win in several different ways. They can win in shootouts with the currently constructed roster or they can grind it out and, you know, kind of kick your butt in that fashion so to be honest if they really take advantage of the versatility of who they are they could be scary but for whatever reason I think that they'll be an uber aggressive team and you know that's where the Titans should find some type of opportunity to um you know beat them but in red in the red area and things like that when they're so tight I don't see I see them probably being one of the better red zone teams in this league. To be completely honest, there's no reason why they shouldn't be uh, the top red zone offense in this league, because what they're able to do and and from the film that I've watched, they have several different ways to attack you and and in the middle of the field and in the red area. Short short yardage attempts, it can be either or, but really in those little shot play areas. And then in the red zone, very similar to when I was game planning for the Colts last year, that last game, there are certain areas of the field where there's a higher percentage of them taking a shot, them trying to trick play like a direct snap to a running back or a, uh, a jet sweep to a, a wide receiver. There are certain areas of the field where they're more likely to do that than, than at other times. Um, I'll move to the defense. The defense uh, has... <laughs> You know, a lot of people are talking about, OK, we're going to have to help Dennis Kelly out at left tackle since Taewon Taylor. I mean, <laughs> Taylor Luan, excuse me, is, uh, you know, suspended. So, you know, a lot of people are talking about chipping, helping chip Miles Garrett. But people forget about Olivier Vernon, who's on the other side as well. So I feel like it's very overhyped. Either way, this team, the Titans were going to have to chip and, and really play in a tight formation um, in order to defeat this defense with Ogunjobi, uh, Richardson, you got Kirksey, Schobert, uh, and Avery. You got Terrence Mitchell, Denzel Ward, um, Morgan Burnett, Demarius Randall. So you look at those names in general, and really what you see to me is some holes in the secondary. You, you, you see that you might have a size advantage especially against Denzel Ward, Terrence Mitchell. Um, before he really came to the Browns, he used to be pretty much getting, getting you know, a weak link on that Kansas City Chiefs secondary. So uh, what he's been able to do since moving um, to Cleveland is just really kind of uh, uh, limit the amount of mistakes he makes. He's still Terrence Mitchell. But he's a little bit better in terms of he doesn't take take as take as many risks. He's a little bit more disciplined. But I feel like out of all their weaknesses, their offensive line being one, meaning that you can probably get a you know you can win some one on ones versus them with your edge rushers, get some pressure up the middle, hopefully, and then with their their secondary, I believe that you know with a bigger receiver like Corey Davis, AJ Brown going up against them, you should be able to 
you know, even in the run game, being able to block them guys and really imposing your will or run after catch, being able to make plays versus that secondary. Um, and like I said, one of the things with us is I feel like our best opportunity to defeat a defense like that, which is very different than last year as well. When you watched Cleveland's tape when they were under Greg Williams, very aggressive. Um, very aggressive, left a lot up on their players. It was more so of a, I would say it was more so of a team defense. Greg Williams was more so of a team defense, whereas an aggressive team defense. Um, and I think Steve Wilkes, I mean, obviously you're trying to play team defense overall, but I feel like, I guess, Greg Williams in his scheme early in the process that I saw, they closed very well. Um, the spacing was a bit different than Steve Wilkes' current 4-3, uh, six-man zone kind of scheme. He, what, what Steve Wilkes likes to do is he likes to have four rushers and maybe have a slot blitzer every now and again, or maybe somebody or maybe a linebacker blitz every now and again. He believes in getting pressure with your front four and maybe sending a blitzer here or there. He plays a zone scheme, so... In, in that perspective, he he believes in I believe in my front four and I believe in my guys and, and their ability to read their zones and read the quarterback. Now, obviously, as an as an opposing player, as an opposing quarterback, you have to have great communication. You have to be decisive. Um, and as receivers, you know that in zones, you know, you have to be a little bit more creative and you have to be your body language has to be there to help out the quarterback. And. For that reason, either way, you look at teams that, that have had success versus the Browns, um, whether it be a mobile quarterback or not, they have a tight formation because even last year, Miles Garrett had an awesome year. So when you have that tight formation, it just makes it easier for to everybody to be close to the line of scrimmage. Uh, you know, being able to chip is a lot easier. And really, you can play uh, the type of game to where you're either dinking and dunking, taking your shots here and there, running the option, running some RPO schemes versus them. Um, I, I just think that they're just a talented group. And I think Steve Wilkes' zone, I think for Marcus Mariota, his past few outings versus zone teams, he's done well. So that bodes well for him in terms of being able to make decisions quickly and uh, doing what he has to do on that end. So, I feel like this is the type of game that, um, to be completely honest, it can go either way. I don't think that um, it's going to – the only scenario where I see this game not going is a Tennessee Titans blowout. And, I mean, like, I don't see the Titans winning 34-7. to You know, I can see it the other way around. Um, you know, it just, just, just it being a, an away game, and I haven't seen much from that first team Titans offense. I, I mean, no fan has. You know, p only people at practice, but practice isn't a game. So, you know, I can certainly see a very close game, a tight knit game. I can even see a, a low scoring game. Um, I can, I can see, you know, a lot of scenarios, but the Titans just running away with this one. Um, I feel like some of the major keys to the game um, will be, you know, that's outside of the norm of saying got to protect the football, this and that, is just from schematic standpoint, uh, don't try to spread these guys out. 
you know, I don't I don't think that'll be a good idea trying to spread out this team that, you know, usually the defense is further along than the offense. So on both parties and on both situations, um, you know, you're going to you're going to have to be yourself. I think whatever team can be themselves the best is going to win the game. Now, obviously, Cleveland, they're staying in the same offense. Titans are relatively staying in the same offense. Titans have the advantage of being a second year in the defense. The Cleveland Browns are in their first year with a new defensive coordinator and a totally different scheme than the year prior. So, and well, they're both kind of 4 3, but I should say different philosophies. Greg Williams was very aggressive, trusted, trusted on, really trusted on team defense and swarming. This is more individualized zone, trusting the guy to read his, his protect his zone and read the quarterback's eyes a little bit more. So you might have some mental lapses, but at the same time, you have some of the top premier. No, you do have probably top eight, two of the top eight rushers, pass rushers in the league and Olivier Vernon and Miles Garrett, period. So, I mean... Having those two premier pass rushers and then a lot of people don't know about Jannard Avery. And, you know, a lot of people don't want to give Joe Schobert his props. And a lot of people don't know about Christian Kirksey. So they're front seven, man. I'm not going to. They're pretty legit. They're legit. Um, now, where the Titans have the advantage, and this was this is what I was talking about you know, whoever can be themselves, right? On offense, you know, if they stay tight, you know, to help out Marcus Mariota, the quick game, screen game, things like that, getting the ball out of his hands quickly. Like I said, they run a zone scheme. Marcus Mariota, he cannot get tricked. You know, it, you know, it, one trick in a zone scheme, it's a house call. Same thing, you know, and that's the same thing with man. You know, when you're facing the quarterback, the defense has the the advantage. Where a quarterback has the advantage in zone is you know where your receiver is going. So if you get the ball out of Marcus Mariota hands quickly, which historically when you do that, the Titans' offense look look looks a, di- a bit different. Uh, you know, they look they look legit when you can get the football out of his hands. He's not a traditional drop back quarterback. His mechanics within the pocket isn't that great. So, honestly, the faster you can get the, can get the ball out of his hands, the better. Um, and another thing is, you you know, if Derrick Henry's going to be at a full go, you know, not many people want to tackle him consistently, especially in the fourth quarter, especially when you're tired. This is the first game of the season. You keep it close. Derrick Henry could certainly be even more of a factor. You know, so I, I think the Titans have to play – a game of, you know, um, basically human nature and psychology to some degree, knowing that they're in the first year of a defense and believing in themselves in terms of sticking to who they are. Defensively, I believe that that defense, that defense, that multiplicity, the ability to disguise coverages is certainly one of the better ones in the league where they get, um, I guess you can say where they get messed up at is 
We don't know necessarily the interior defensive line situation, nose tackle. Um, Jarrell Casey, seeing how he does in his first game. Um, and then sometimes at certain corner positions, such as Malcolm Butler's situation and Adore Jackson's situation is, uh, Butler sometimes gets caught peering into the backfield, basically not minding his business as a cornerback. And the best attribute of a cornerback is minding your business. Um, and Adore Jackson, he, he lacks natural cornerback um, instincts. However, he is probably the best athlete on the team. So if somewhere he can pair that athleticism with cornerback competency and aggressiveness, then he'll be one of the better corners in this league. But I haven't yet to see it. Um, so just from that situation, that's where you'll have your mental lapses and, you know, that's where you'll see some issues uh, arise is that secondary at times you would think it'd be a, a strength, but at times on the outside, those cornerback positions can give up some pretty easy touchdowns. But other than that, I think the linebacking core is young, but fiery and feisty. Uh, the edge is very thin outside linebacker is thin in depth but decent in in terms of talent. Um, So I think that the ability to trick Baker Mayfield here and there will be good. But at the end of the day, I always say football comes down to mano y mano. And and the most, you know, opportune and needed times is usually the best player winning his one-on-one. And I've already mentioned Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry. You know, those guys being there and Rashard Higgins, Hollywood Higgins, who is a, a guy that I like coming out of, of uh, I believe it was Colorado. And, uh, you know, just a speedy, thin framed, but he, he he's he's developed his hands to be more reliable, more dependable. And, you know, if you try to take away one of the superstars, quote unquote, then he'll he'll have some opportunities too. So Titans just have to play very feisty and uh, take advantage of the opportunities when um, they get a chance to get a turnover on Baker Mayfield because he's not perfect. You know, uh, you get him on the move, especially going to his left, he can be inaccurate. Um, you get some push up. The, really, you want to keep him in the pocket, preferably, um, and get pressure up the middle, obviously, to get him even before he throws the football. But you certainly don't want him rolling to his right. And those extended plays is really it. You want to keep his his delivery point moving. You also want to sack him, obviously. So he's a very unique quarterback because I say that because we, we talk about quarterbacks all the time. We talk about the, the super mobile ones like Cam Newton, Lamar Jackson. And then we talk about the pocket quarterbacks like the Tom Brady's. But then there's a thin line where there's ones that are good in the pocket and ones on the move and ones that can, you know, not only manipulate the pocket with their footwork and move around and readjust and redeliver the football, but those that can run as well. Baker Mayfield can run with the football as well. You know, he's he's not Michael Vick. So he's just a quarterback that's that that does everything at a at a above average level to be completely honest so young um so you know so it's so young in his career so early in his career 
and he's doing everything at an above average level. Um, so, you know, that's definitely the outlier. You know, any other quarterback with those type of receiving core, you can say all you want to. They'll, you know, a game manager could do that. But I think Baker Mayfield is, for now, is a perfect type of quarterback. He's going to get in trouble if he tries to do too much. And that's certainly something that's in his nature as well. And that's what I mean by opportune, uh, being opportunist on the defense, being able to take advantage of those times he does make a mistake. So that's really just me, you know, going off the top of the head, just some of my observations on this team. Um, I think the biggest thing that's not being spoken is, you know, how Mike, Mike Vrabel has formed this team, you know, from last year. I think that, uh, being disciplined and winning those hidden yardage, quote unquote, scenarios where field position is, is something of importance and being able to, you know, stay clean and not shooting yourself in the foot with penalties. You know, the Titans have was the least penalized team last year and I, they, they broke a record for kickoff return average last year as well. So those two things combined is kind of something that's not being said, not being spoken of. Uh, but those things, that's that's what I'm saying. Who can be themselves the best in this game? Titans going to a hostile environment. We'll see what happens. So stay tuned for the live. Well, we won't be going live, but it will be a recorded session of me and a few of my colleagues. Uh, we'll name it Assembling Titans. But this will be the evaluation week of the Cleveland Browns. And we're just going to go and just talk talk football and, and um, you know, pick, pick each other's brains and uh, hopefully give you guys some insight on this upcoming game and, you know, just enjoy it because at the end of the day, it's a form of entertainment. So thanks for tuning in. Barnes University Radio, uh, Simlin Titans on the way. Thank you.